Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Okay, so full disclosure, folks. I, I mean, I don't golf. I've been to um, the driving range at McCall Lake a few times. But, I mean, yeah, golfing's not my thing. And I realize for people who do golf, it very much is their thing. And so this is where you see a lot of division on this, this issue. Is it an advantage for the city of Calgary? Is it a reason to live in the city of Calgary that there are city-run golf courses where you can go and get in a round of golf for a reasonable price? Or is it something that should be left to the private sector? If there's a business that thinks they can make money by running a golf course, well, go ahead and buy the land and determine what you got to charge people to golf on your golf course and have at her. So how should we look at the question of golf? Is it something that we expect the city to make available, like a swimming pool, or is it it's something that, that should be handled by the private sector? Because not everybody golfs, and even in a city where there are city-run golf courses, not everyone can afford to golf. But here's another question. Is the city actually making any money off running these golf courses? Maybe that would change the debate. If this was a source of revenue, then maybe there would be a reason for the city to keep running golf courses. Well, it certainly isn't a source of revenue, let's put it that way. Joining us to talk a bit more about some of the numbers they've uncovered, Colin Craig joins us, Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, Taxpayer.com. Colin, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me, Rob. Right. I mean, I think there is kind of a philosophical argument about, you know, whether this is something the government should be in the business of doing. But as far as the city of Calgary is concerned, how much money is being lost on running these golf courses? Well, according to some data that the city of Calgary provided over the last three years, uh, it has lost uh, over $2 million uh, through operating golf courses. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. And, you know, when you think about it, that a lot of families are still struggling, a lot of businesses are still struggling, the city's raising property taxes. I think it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people to have to pay a property tax increase while the city is subsidizing people to golf, essentially. I mean, that's what this boils down to. So that's an overall loss of $2 million between 2015 and 2017. Um, but in terms of individual courses, are there any that, that's, that are profitable? Well, yeah, the, the city has six courses, and one of them, Shaganapi Point, that one has consistently made some money. Uh, but the other five, essentially, they're, you can pretty much uh, bet on them to lose money. They lose uh, money every year, the only exception being Confederation that uh, of the three-year period it actually turned a small profit in one of the three years, but the rest lost money uh, uh, every year. So, it's you know, I think it really boils down to the question, not whether or not you like golf or not, but it's a question of who pays for it. Right. So if you go to a city course and, you know, the city says, okay, it's $25 to play, but the true cost of the city is $30, well, who's paying the extra five? You know, can can someone really go to the course and expect their neighbors to pay them to 
essentially golf. And, you know, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. And we think the city should focus in on uh, its core services, you know, things like fixing roads, policing, those types of very basic municipal activities. Right. And, and again, and just to, to, to point out that this was a, an access to information request, the, 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 these numbers, this information is not readily available, is it? Yeah, I've I've never seen it broken out. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I filed the request. I mean, I, I could be corrected by the city. Maybe they have published it at some point. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen that. So we thought we'd ask, okay, well, what does it look like on a course-by-course basis? What's happening? Because, you know, as you know, and your listeners will know, I mean, this is not a new issue. People have been talking about golf courses and stopping the bleeding in terms of all these losses for a long time now. And, uh, you know, I think it's time for the city to uh, take some action and, and deal with the problem. I think part of the reason, too, is maybe not necessarily that people golf or like the option of having a, a golf course is maybe the fear is that if city, the city gets out of the business, are these all going to remain as golf courses? And there was a lot of controversy with the Harvest Hills golf course, and, and now there's going to be some development happening on, on that land. Is that one of the reasons why the city's reluctant to get out of this business? Because there's kind of that NIMBY aspect that we want a golf course in our backyard and it better stay one. You know, I, I think certainly there would be that, that political element, too. I mean, some people that really like a good, cheap deal right now, and they're golfing and they're not paying the full price because, like I say, the city's subsidizing it. Well, some of those people may be vocal, and I understand that happened the last time with uh, McCall Lake when it came up. But, uh, you know, I think really the city needs to stop and say, wait a second, we've been kicking this can down the road for a long time. It's really not fair to expect people to continue to subsidize these things. And, you know, I think one other important point to note is that, uh, you know, from what I'm being told from some of this feedback that uh, I received is that some of the other private courses are actually struggling. You know, they're trying to go out there and run a private, uh, a profitable business, and they're having to compete with the city that is keeping their rates artificially low because it's being subsidized by taxpayers. So, you know, if, yeah. if uh, maybe one, of these two, one or two of these courses is sold off and then it gets developed, well, then maybe some of the other courses become busier. I mean, that could be one of the, the uh, things that we actually see happen as a result. Right. And again, that, yeah, that gets back to the question of what we consider golf to be. I mean, if it's something that we see as the exclusive domain as government, it's a public service that the government should be providing golf courses for people, then obviously we wouldn't see private golf courses. The fact that we do, yeah. I think, is a compelling argument because now we've got not only taxpayer subsidization of these golf courses, but we're undermining these private businesses. Well, exactly. And like I say, I think that that's a concern, certainly, uh, that many of the private operators would probably raise if, if they entered this discussion. But, you know, if we think about it, there's lots of recreational activities that the city isn't involved in, and nor should they be. You know, if you like bowling, you have to go to a, a private bowling operator to go and, you know, play around bowling. Yeah. Uh, you know, the city doesn't have a, a city-run bowling uh Alley, at least to my knowledge. So, you know, there's a lot of different activities like that where people like these recreational activities. The city doesn't provide it. The city doesn't subsidize it. And in this particular case, I mean, the way that the golf industry has evolved, there's a lot of private operators and the city's now out there competing with them and they're making it hard for those private guys to uh, continue to stay in business. Well, I guess the first step is acknowledging, uh, you know, the, the financial contribution of taxpayers, and, and I think that should should be the starting point of the debate. This is costing yeah. taxpayers. Look, if this were, were generating all kinds of money, maybe it would be a different conversation, but it's not. <laughs> and it's yeah. certainly it's it's a lot of money. Is, is it something that the city should keep doing? I think we, we need to have that debate, but it's got to be an informed debate, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's a very good uh, point to make. And the other thing, too, is that this... Addressing this problem, it's not going to solve all the city's woes. 
right? I mean, a lot of people are concerned about rising property taxes. Our organization certainly is. But if you address this, I mean, it's it's going to address small amount of that problem. But it's one of many things that I think the city should be doing to try to get its costs under control so that it doesn't have to keep coming to the taxpayer and moving ahead with big property tax hikes. So, you know, this is just one of many options, but we're flagging it. And uh, now the public can uh, hopefully see the numbers and, and understand a little bit more that, you know, hey, wait a second, we're actually subsidizing these courses. Yeah. Well, more details at taxpayer.com. Colin, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rob. All right, take care. Uh, Colin Craig, Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. So they filed that Freedom of Information request to get these numbers and found that between 2015 and 2017, the six golf courses lost a combined $2 million. Shaganapi Point turned a profit. Uh, Confederation turned a uh, $6,400 profit in 2015, but lost over $200,000 combined the following two years. They say perhaps the most interesting is McCall Lake, which was scheduled to be sold in 2013, but was rescued from the scrap heap after some public opposition, and council managed to find 6 or $7 million to help fix the course. McCall Lake lost $457,000 in 2015 and $666,000 in 2016, 589000 in 2017. Here we are in 2018. The course is now closed for the year as renovations have finally become. So, wow, that's quite the sinkhole. Is it worth it? Is this something we expect the city to provide? I mean, as Colin points out, that there are private businesses offering all kinds of golf courses around Calgary and Alberta, and they're being undermined by this. So should the city either, A, sell off these golf courses... Let the private sector run them if they think they can make a go of it. Should we charge more to people who use these golf courses so at least the city could try to break even or maybe turn a profit? Or do we just leave things as, as is? I mean, how do we think of golf courses? Someone texted to say, Ron says, do swimming pools make a profit or rinks or parks or bike lanes? Do golf courses fit into that category? Are there private businesses that would build and provide swimming pools or community rinks or parks? Is that really something we expect the private sector to provide? Or are golf courses more like bowling lanes or go-kart facilities or all kinds of things that might be fun to do, but we don't expect the city to build? We just had, uh, what's it, uh, Lloyd's Roller Rink closed down. Do we need a, a city-run roller rink? Is that something we expect the city to provide? So where do we see golf courses fitting in here? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.